Hey guys, welcome back to the Law of Attraction podcast. I'm here today in LA at the Dream Factory with the Dream King himself, Charlie Rocket. He is the CEO of the Dream Foundation. They make people's dreams come true, but that's not where his story began. This building is so beautiful. A week ago, it did not look like this. I'm gonna do a little quick tour for you at some point and show you around. But this place is so special. They have helped so many people's lives change. They have saved lives, like literally saved lives. The work that Charlie does is monumental. He was a music manager before for Two Chains and so many other cool people. I can't wait for you to get to know him in the way that I do. We're gonna dive deep today into the law of attraction. We're gonna dive deep into how you can become the best version of you, how you can get into your full element, how you can live the life of your dreams in alignment with your purpose. Because if you're not giving back and you're not in alignment with what you truly want to do in your life and you're not using your gift, then you're not living. You're just existing. So welcome to the show. I'm so excited for you to meet him. Charlie Rocket. Thank you for having me on. I feel like you need a round of applause when I do that, right? <laughs> no, you need a round of applause because that was a good intro. Thank you. How are you? I am on a winning streak. What does that mean when you say that? Because I love that. Like every day I see on your social, it's like, I'm on a winning streak, I'm on a winning streak. And I know what you are because you like, you really live life. So there was a point in my life where like I was losing. Like I was diagnosed with a brain tumor and everything was coming to an end in my life. And I just declared that it's like, I'm going to beat this and I'm going to win. And... I had to change how I looked at winning. And instead of it being like a finish line, I needed winning to be like right now. And so it started with a, a Starbucks, a little cup of coffee. And I was trying to lose weight. I was 300 pounds. So like I decided I was going to order something different when I went to Starbucks. And I usually get a latte and a latte is about five bucks. But instead I said, give me a double shot of espresso mm -hmm. on ice with a splash of almond milk and two raw sugars, which is basically the exact ingredients of a latte. And the barista lady, she said that'll be $2.47. And I said, I'm getting a latte for half the price. I just ordered the ingredients separately. And I was like, I'm on a winning streak. And I just like declared my winning streak. And when I got the green light, I said, I'm on a winning streak. And then when I got, you know, the good parking spot, I'm on a winning streak. And I became a winner. And it's like, have you ever been to, like, Las Vegas mm -hmm. with a friend or a couple friends? And, like, like, imagine you got two girlfriends. One is winning and the other one is losing. The winner attracts everybody around mm -hmm. them. And the loser, like, kind of, like, deflects. Mm -hmm. And it's like... When we talk about like attraction and like gravity, so gravity like the earth, for example, like the earth is like attracting us right now. Like we're literally attracted to it, but it's because it has a certain amount of mass. The more mass something has, the more it's going to attract. Mm -hmm. So the more you win, 
the more you're attracting. Because now you're not a small winner, you're a big winner. But what determines if you're a big winner? Well, how many wins am I going to see today? So it's like, all right, I'm on a podcast with you. I'm on a winning streak. I woke up this morning. I'm on a winning streak. Like, my mom, like, answered my phone. There might be a day that that might not happen. So just the gratitude in every little thing. And then when I celebrate my wins, it becomes infectious. And then all these amazing things start surrounding me, like that friend in Vegas who just keeps on winning. Now everybody's around cheering and it just brings more energy. So when you ask me like, how am I doing? I could have said, I'm doing good. Just like, you know, a normal response. But like, I wanted to put a little bit more energy into the world that like, and declare with my word that I'm on a winning streak because I feel like our words are creation. Like we're the only species on this planet that can really speak. And we're also the only species on this planet that can create. Like that's the common denominator between existing and creation. I think about like a bird and as much as birds are amazing, they wake up and they have to just like feed themselves. Like that's their kind of job, like feed themselves and mate, like take care of their babies. But like there's not like creation. With us, we wake up and we create every day. And I think that's amazing, but like our words are so powerful. And so like I believe like as I speak, I create. And there's a word that defines that. It's called abracadabra. In Aramaic, the root origin of the word abracadabra means as I speak, I create. And that is magic. That's so, beautiful. I never even knew that or I've never even heard anybody say that. So do you say that? Do you like just say like abracadabra? Ab- absolutely. And I just live by like, you know, we're taught things when we mm-hmm. were kids um, and for some reason they stick. And I think it's, you know, amazing or terrible. I was taught as a kid, like, don't say anything. You're going to jinx it. And like, for some reason, we believe that. Like, I have a dream or I have an idea. Like, don't say anything. You're going to jinx it. Like, no, tell everybody. That's been a big thing with me my whole life. Like, I tell people my dreams. Like, I think that is so important. I think it's so magical. I think it creates a connection unlike anything on earth, but it also unlocks the universe to start conspiring for us. If you believe, if you're paranoid, it it means the universe is conspiring against me. If I'm pronoid, I believe that the universe is conspiring for me. So, No matter what happens, I'm always thinking like, no, this is such a gift. Like, oh, like in a delusional way, like delusionally optimistic. Like that's been a formula of mine. Like, like no matter what happens, the worst thing can happen. Like when I'm 18, I got fired from working for Soldier Boy. I was his cameraman. I got fired and I had to move back into my mom's basement and my mom was like, like, I know this must be hard. You've been on tour for the past year. You're back in the basement. I said, this is the best thing that ever happened. My mom was like, like, what do you mean? I said, the cameraman was the least paid person on the team. The manager was the most paid person on the team. I was like, I'm going to be the manager now. Like, if he kept me as the cameraman... I'm a loyal guy. I would have stayed there. Wow. You just feel like, I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to 
manifest something bigger than this. I told my mom I was on a winning streak. Getting fired was a win. Mm -hmm. And I believe there's like this de-arming of the devil that the second you find gratitude, like, you know how they say, um, namaste. Mm -hmm. It means like the light in me sees the light mm -hmm. in you, right? Well, they forgot something when they, when they, when they defined it because namaste actually means the light in me and the darkness in me sees the light and the darkness in you. We can't just praise the good things. We have to respect the bad. You disrespect the bumblebee, it's gonna sting you. Mm -hmm. If you respect the bumblebee, it leaves you alone. Mm -hmm. So I respect every bad thing that has ever happened. And I disarm it, I find gratitude in it, mm -hmm. and the second I find gratitude in it, this magical curtain opens up all these possibilities. Like nothing bad can happen. The second I do that, I just see things that I couldn't see before. In the situation, I find all these doors that unlock new pathways so it's so beautiful and it's so true because when you open up a new possibility a new thing you see life in a different way and all of a sudden you start creating and co-creating with the universe this amazing reality and you live a different life you're like someone who's winning and mm -hmm. someone who's a magnet to luck a magnet to success a magnet to abundance whereas somebody else is like why do they keep losing mm -hmm. why are they not doing well if you find your happiness and your purpose and find a way to be grateful for every little thing even the bad mm -hmm. like I always say to people what can you be grateful for even though you're in the biggest shit storm of your life right now what can you be grateful for your breathing mm -hmm. the fact that your parents are still alive or you have kids or whatever it is there's so much to be grateful for and gratitude helps you unlock the key for more things mm -hmm. and it builds neural pathways in your brain it's mm -hmm. neuroscience if you give gratitude and like you're doing you're winning so you're creating a neural pathway in your brain and you're creating that deeper divot right this is like science that's saying I'm winning. Mm -hmm. And if your brain starts to see you're winning, then your reticular activating system in your brain starts to show you evidence around you in people, events, and places to say, I'm a winner. Mm -hmm. Something that really touches me about you, and it's just been something that I just, you're like a walking miracle. You had a brain tumor. Like, how did you overcome that, Charlie? Like, how did you literally get rid of that? And look at you now. You're like a healthy, beautiful being, helping mm -hmm. so many people. But how did you overcome that? So, so I still have it. I reversed it, but mm -hmm. I still have it. Um, but I had to change everything in order to be able to survive. It was, um, it was wrapped around my eye. It was wrapped around the artery that goes into my brain. And um, it was so big in my brain, and it was there for so long that it started sitting on top of my spine, the top bone that goes up. It started corroding it, and if it had went any longer, the, the bone would have started leaking, you know, bone marrow. Um, and in that, in that moment of like kind of like earth shattering, you know, news, I had to practice, you know, this, this gratitude. I had to find a win in it. It was the most difficult thing I had ever done. And I, uh, I just kept being called to nature and I was like trying to figure out things in my notebook and just like, how am I going to, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? 
And during one sunset, there was like the last little like sliver of sun as it was setting. And it was like I heard a voice. It wasn't like, it wasn't like word by word. That's kind of like your mind. Your mind, if it goes in like word after word after word, that's like you know your mind is speaking. I believe it's like God speaking when like you, you, you just, it's copied and pasted. It's like all at once, bloop, boom. <laughs> It wasn't a process of, of knowing the sentence. And, and the sentence was, you can't figure this one out in a notebook. You got to go on a journey. And in that moment, I decided I was going to leave everything. That's all I needed. I heard my voice. I'm going to go on a journey. And I walked away from a, a $15 million a year business. I mean, we had won. Grammys nominated for six, sold 40 million albums. I mean, it was a dream life. But when it all came down to the end, the truth was I had buried my real dream. I was doing my realistic dream. I wasn't doing my dream. My dream, the one that was given to me when I was a kid, the one I did not choose, the one that had no other person's thought process in mind. Just that pure dream that was in my heart was to be an athlete. That was it. But I was 300 pounds. And at 28 years old, how am I gonna, how am I gonna do that? No longer even questioned. And I left my business and I told my business partners and I told my mom, I'm gonna go be an athlete. Oh my God, and what did you do? I just left everything and I just started running. I ran, I started biking, and in nine months, I lost 130 pounds. I reversed my brain tumor. I got rid of all the toxins in my life. I got rid of social media, I got rid of television, I got rid of stress, I got rid of my business, I got rid of my city. I almost went back to child before I even knew what a cell phone was before TV. I went back and I had one big redo. I started over as a 28-year-old man and I started experiencing a lot of magic. Uh, I unlocked superpowers. I didn't, I didn't know about any of this stuff. I'm from Atlanta. Like, I'm in the hip-hop business. I didn't know about law of attraction or quantum physics or any of this or yo even yoga and meditation. I mean, I know what it is, but like, I'm from the hip-hop business. Like, but then something started happening to me where I could think of something and it would manifest mm -hmm. into where it was starting to scare me a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I was also tapped into like a very like feminine energy. Mm -hmm. I was like healing. Mm -hmm. I was like, and I was like, began receiving a lot. And I had this uh, download uh, that I want to accomplish my childhood dream of being a Nike athlete. And as a kid, like, I bought my first stock at age eight. Like, I would cut grass, make money, and I, like, bought Nike. Like, <laughs> and, like, I love Nike because it was an inspirational company. I always relied on that inspiration. So I, may, I wanted to make a fan-made Nike commercial mm -hmm. to get Nike's attention. And me being from the music industry and me also being a filmmaker, like, I was like, I really think I could do this. But I started calling up all my friends in LA who were like filmmakers and I told them my vision. I said, listen, 
I'm gonna make a fan-made Nike commercial. I need somebody who can shoot, owns equipment, can edit. This is so good. I need somebody who can color grade. I need somebody who can score. And I need somebody who can make like Hans Zimmer type music. My friends are like, Charlie, what's your budget? I'm like, I just wanna make a little fan-made Nike commercial. They're like, do you want it Nike quality? I said, yeah, they're like, it's gonna be about 60, 80 grand to make one of those. I was like, nah, I'm gonna find somebody who can do it for like a few grand. I didn't know if I'd ever make money again. I just, like, I'm on this journey and I'm just like in <laughs> scarcity mode. I'm like saving every penny. And I'm like, I, I, no, I'll get somebody to do it for a couple grand. And they told me, like, that's, that's unrealistic. Like, you're not gonna find somebody who can do all those things. Like, making music, scoring, color grading, shooting, mm -hmm. editing, and mm -hmm. on equipment. And the next day, I, was writing in my notebook in Santa Monica. And um, I wrote, today is the day I search slash found my videographer slash editor. This is the exact sentence. It's done, exclamation mark. It's easy, exclamation mark. Oh, I love that. Like just declaring it, affirming it, oh, expecting yeah. it. Oh, I write in my quantum journal every morning. Yeah, I know, me too. It's like a, when, okay, wait, I don't want to interrupt this. I need to understand the rest of the story. But journaling, by the way, is scientifically proven mm -hmm. to help you activate your goals faster, to achieve your goals faster, because you activate in your brain this part called the ventrolateral prefrontal cortex. And when you do that, it helps you to actually achieve that goal faster. So for anyone that's listening and you want to know what journaling is, listen right now. This is so key. So you wrote it down. I wrote it down. Happened? And my roommate, who is just like an accountant, mm -hmm at Whole Foods, like, mm -hmm. like the corporation. Like not mm -hmm. ever been on a camera, on camera in his life. Okay. He walks through the front door and behind him is this guy holding like a massive steady rig, steady cam rig. And I said, Morgan, like, what are you doing? He was like, oh, I just got some random phone call from my friend Manny. Manny wanted to film something for his Airbnb business. So he sent this guy over. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, looking at my notebook. This is one hour later. I'm still sitting on the couch. The door's behind me. I'm like turned around looking at him. I'm like, you do videos? He, and then the first words out of his mouth were not the most inspiring words. He was like kind of negative. What do you say? He was like, yeah, I do videos, but like nobody ever pays me. I'm just doing this one because it was a Lamborghini and I wanted to see it. And I was like, Oh God, I was manifesting somebody making my inspirational Nike film. I don't think this is the guy. Like he was gothic and just like black hair over his face, all black. And I said, well, can I see your work? And he said, yeah, like I got my website. I haven't updated in like four years. <laughs> I, I'm like- uh, Just not selling the dream at all. The no, total opposite. The total opposite. I opened the laptop. He had this little short film on there and I opened it and I watched it and I said, Bro, this is amazing. Did you shoot this? Like, yeah, I shot it. I said, who owned the equipment? Because this is like cinematic anamorphic lenses. Like, I'm like, I could tell. He's like, well, like, I'm kind of a hoarder. Anytime I make money, like, I just buy equipment. I was like, what type of equipment do you own? He was like, well, I have, like, steady cam rigs, lenses, da, da, da. He's, like, going down the list of all this wow. stuff. I'm like, okay, well, did you edit it? He was like, yeah, I edited it. I said, who made the music? Because film is all about the, the music. music. Mm -hmm. He said, well, I used to be in a rock band. We were on the Warp Tour before the record label dropped us. I was like, so you made all this music? He did he, the whole scorecard. He did everything. No. He did the scoring. He made the sound effects. He no. did. He, 
I said, who did the audio voiceover on this? He said, well, like, I have a studio in my bedroom. No, this is just too good. I can't make this up. This is fucking His name nuts. is Adrian Robeson. He walked into my house. No. On a Bundy Drive. Like, this is a true story. <laughs> so good. And I asked him, I was like, I want to make a fan-made Nike commercial. Like, Nike's going to see it and want to sign me as an athlete. Like, oh, that was one of my dreams as my a kid. God. He said, you're crazy. I said, I know. And so we, we made a, I like, he walked in my front door. I don't want to glaze over the fact that, because, you know, like, people will tell you, like, you know, you got to work hard. You know, like a, a blessing is not just going to walk in your front door. I'm like, I'm not going to cancel that out ever from anybody yeah. because obviously I do work hard. But one plus one equals two. Like that is correct math. But one plus one can equal a thousand. Mm -hmm. And that is correct, too. Just like physics is correct. But also quantum physics. Yeah. It's like both are right at the same yeah. time. So we made a fan made Nike commercial. The budget was six hundred dollars. He, he I, I asked him, I was like, "How much is it going to take to make this?" He said six hundred dollars. Which was less than what you wanted to pay anyway, because you were like, "Yeah, I'm in for a few thousand." But oh my god, then what happened? We put it out on my little Instagram with mm -hmm. just ten thousand followers, and which is now like a million times that. Oh my god. And Nike saw it three days later, and mm -hmm. they called me, and it blew my mind because. They said to me, they said, we don't know how you managed to do this, but somehow you got our entire campus in Beaverton, Oregon, in a frenzy, fighting over who's going to bring you here first. And what transpired from this was proof that the law of attraction is real. Wow. Proof that if there's a dream inside of you and you can see it is real. Because Nike took my video. I made a, a, another, a second video independently called dream crazy and nike took that video and we created uh the biggest nike commercial of all time out of it it was a colin kaepernick commercial which was called dream crazy and i got to win an emmy and i got you won, you've won an emmy mm -hmm. are you kidding you've won an emmy yes ma'am. where did i miss that out are you kidding won a grammy won an emmy. <laughs> you won a grammy too mm -hmm. oh my god wow I love it. In our friendship, I still didn't know that. That's beautiful. And I think God just wanted this to be proof that, like, law of attraction doesn't have to just be, like, woo-woo. Like, here's an actual story that we all know about. Like, yeah. that Colin Kaepernick commercial, Nike made billions. And it was, um, it was like a moment in time. Like, and they went on to sign over 200 uh, dreamer athletes like myself. And they said that, you know, we're taking our entire company in a new direction just because of that little video I made. Okay, talking about, like you were just talking about dreams coming true. Mm -hmm. You've done that for so many people. You've made so many people's dreams come true. People who were on their last days, children that had their last days, families that were on their last days. You've helped extend lives with medical care. You've helped extend people's happiness. You've brought joy to so many millions of people, literally millions at this point. And you've raised, I don't know how much. It's something crazy. I, it blows my mind. Every time I see your Instagram, a new story that you're doing on somebody, like you make dreams come true. How did you get into that? How did you decide, I want to go out there and make people's dreams come true? It was when I was watching the Super Bowl and that commercial came on. And I mean, all my dreams had come true at that point. I yeah. wanted 
uh, like I was successful in the yeah. music industry, and but I went back to do my childhood dream, and I was on the cover of Runner's World magazine when I walk into the airport and I see me on the cover, and I'm on the Super Bowl commercial. I'm a Nike athlete. Like, I was like, I did it. I could either go sit on a beach right now and just be like, you know, that was fun. Uh, instead, I said, you know what? I'm going to sell my houses. I'm going to move into my dream machine, <laughs> tour bus. And I just started biking across America and helping people. And that just snowballed. It was, there was a lot of magic. There was a lot of divine alignment to tell me I was on the right path. There was this, the very first dream I did, school teacher in Arizona. We're biking into Arizona, and all the teachers are on strike, which you never see the teachers leave their children. But they were so underpaid that all the teachers in the school district went on strike. And so I wanted to go kind of like investigate and see if one of them needed help. Went to this one school, and they were telling me about this one teacher, Miss Rosa, and she was a pre-K teacher. Pre-K teachers don't get paid salary. They get paid hourly. So they're on strike, so she's not getting paid. But she also had uh, breast cancer. She was going through chemo, only missed one day of school. She couldn't afford to miss a day of school, even though she's on chemotherapy. She only missed one day of school as a teacher just so she can get paid. She's making 20 grand a year, working full time, and she hadn't been able to see her kids in years, and she's about to lose her home because she was behind on her mortgage. So I made a phone call to my friend, Eamon Hariri, who's a um, successful businessman. His father was the prime minister of Lebanon. His brother's the prime minister of Lebanon. A country. And, um, he said, I'll fix the problem. He put up $250,000. But the interesting thing is, this was like delayed and like we were putting it together. We're like literally biking across America, not planning out any timing. And I'm walking up to the school and my friend walks up to me. He says, Charlie, do you know what today is? Like we're about to surprise her in like 10 minutes, like in her classroom. My friend said, today is National Teacher Appreciation Day. I said, get the fuck out of here. There's no way. There's no way. And like all these signs, they happen all the time. Like mm -hmm. we were helping this kid named Tevi who has leukemia. Oh, yeah. And Sorry. like the day we started helping him was the, the first of like, I think it was like October. It was like National Leukemia Awareness Month. I'm like, how does no this way. keep happening? That's amazing. It's just divinely guided Tevi, stuff. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's a lot of magic when you just like kind of tap into like listening. Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? I agree. And you know, God definitely has a bigger plan than we do. Like for example, the Dream Factory. I didn't plan this. I was looking for a parking spot for my bus and I ended up with a Dream Factory. <laughs> like it just all stumbled across one thing led to another and then, you know, a couple weeks later, we're sitting right here in a dream factory, which is going to be an amazing place for dreamers in L.A. That's so beautiful. I love that. You should bring in your some of the kids that you support and the people that you support and, like, have events around them. Absolutely. And, like, fundraisers. I mean, you do so much of it anyway on the road, but it would be so nice that like, now it's in one place. Absolutely. That's so beautiful, Charlie. I love that. 
I love when you say tapping into magic because that's how I live my life. So I open my day with a mantra and I say, okay, I know my divine purpose is to reach a billion people. Like that's, I know it, I know it. Just feel it in my soul. And I've got to help people. I've got to change lives. Show me the people, events and places today that's going to guide me towards my destiny. Mm -hmm. And every single day, then I just feel like I'm a magnet to all the people and things that come into my life. Mm -hmm. So what practices do you do? Because I know I've done my MBS with you, which you love. And you do, like, what else do you do? Like, do you journal? What I else? journal. I'm an I'm a avid journaler. Um, but really, like, it's like a, a operation, like a operating system. Like, like I don't have to journal. Like, I, I, I wish I had a morning routine. I'm not good at morning routines. I'm all over the place. And it's okay. Like, I'll like journal one day or I'll just like ride in my car and just like call my friends and be like, bro, like I want to do this, 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 this. It's still journaling, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's the overall excitement for the future. Mm -hmm. I would say the number one thing I do just as like an inner essence is this thing my friend JB calls uh, futuring. Futuring is the most magical thing for me because I know, I know like, it's very popular to say, like, it's important to be in the presence. Mm -hmm. um, it's very easy to be present when you are stable. 99% mm -hmm. of all of us are going through shit. Mm -hmm. And the presence fucking sucks. And for me, what I love doing is I love going to the future. The future has no problems. The future is my magical place of creation of the world I want to design. And the more I see that world, the more I believe it. Like I almost drink my own Kool-Aid. That like, no, I see it so clearly like that my actions actually start today stepping into that. For example, people go through a process, um, whether they're entrepreneurs or not. People who are just even wanting to be entrepreneurs. They'll think of a business idea and there's this like moment of just like amazing future. Mm -hmm. Like they future for a second, be like, I'm gonna be rich, it's gonna be this, that, blah, blah, blah. And then their brain, which it's designed to do, okay, we have to find all the things that are wrong. That is just like human nature. It's like, okay, what can go wrong? How do I do this? Oh my God, what if this happens? Duh, 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 duh. And the second you start doing all that, is the second you actually become paralyzed. You become way too smart. The more delusional you are, the more you actually show up. And the secret to passing in high school is really just showing up. Like, let's just keep it all the way funky. If you just show up, you're probably going to pass. You might, might not have the best grades. But, like, if you don't show up, you're probably going to fail. I say it's the same thing with your dreams. What gets me to show up is two things. The future, it looks freaking awesome. And the second thing is I tell myself in a very delusional way that it's going to be easy. If, I, if my brain allows myself to think that it's going to be hard, I'm going to find ways to confirm it, like what you say with the reticular activating system. Yeah, and you're going to push it away with resistance. Well, I'm going to, if I input into my brain, okay, this is going to be hard. Like, I got to grind. Like, it's going to be hard. Then, it's like human nature, I'm going to want to confirm my belief systems just so I feel sane. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just like, all right. I said it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to be an expert in finding all the things mm -hmm. that can go wrong. But if I overload on things that can go wrong, mm -hmm. then I'm really not creating. I'm really trying to just survive. Mm -hmm. Where me and my delusion and my future is so amazing and it's so easy. 
I actually just do show up. And then, you you know what movie changed my life? What? Moana. Do you know how many times I watched that film? It's my son's favorite film. It's I my love favorite it. film. I feel like I'm her. Like, I feel it's my living. You love that movie? She went out on the little raft. Yep. And what happened when she fell off? It put her back. She had a dream. She just had to go. Her parents were thinking about all the things that can go wrong. She was just knowing. Just knowing. And then when I she knew. fell off, she got proven. You're good. Fall off again, you're good. And that's, that's with all of us. We're no different than Moana, every last one of us. That is so beautiful. That is such a nice analogy. I was gonna ask you what your favorite movie is and why. And I'm so happy you told us because that is something, I've never heard that one. Like Moana, I usually hear most people say like, you know, a Christmas film or like, mm -hmm. you know, some other one. But that's so true because when, and when you're childlike in that Disney-like state, when you live in a state of imagination, when you live in a state of, I can achieve anything I want. Mm -hmm. And it's so beautiful. I love how I call it futuring. So I call it be it to you become like my book. Mm -hmm. Like you just become that person today. You just decide I am going to be that person. I'm going to become it in my behavior, my actions, and my words, mm -hmm. and my feelings, and it becomes who you are. You want to be successful and happy? So act and feel successful and happy. You want to become a giver? Then start giving today. Like when I had nothing, when I was homeless, when I had no roof over my head, me and my son, I was like, what do I do? I gave, it was a pound for those in London, a pound to a homeless person. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where I was gonna eat that day. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was gonna do that night. But I knew if I give, then somehow the world will give back. And you have to first give from a place of lack, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're going through something, you have to think about winning rather than think about lack. When you, when you don't have anything, then give. If you wanna be in a loving relationship, don't wait till you're in the relationship to be the perfect partner. Stop being loving now and you magnetize it to you. You have to wait. I have a good way of um, explaining how I do the uh, be it. Until you become it. Exactly. So like what I do to be it is I look at like a radio. Uh -huh. So a radio, um, if we were to go back 200 years, they would call this witchcraft. Like the simple thing of like this little box uh -huh. is pulling a song out of the air. Like how many songs are flying past our face right now? Mm. A lot. But how does this little box actually play this thing, the air? How does it play air? Like you can't see it, you can't know, hear it's it. it's so true. No, it's literally witchcraft if you think about it. <laughs> yes, it's like Wi-Fi. It's crazy mm -hmm. that like phone conversations yes. are flying through the air, but like these things, like this is like the technical term is a receiver. Yes, it's a phone. It's a, it has a, it sends and it receives. A radio is a receiver, right? We are receivers. So... Let's think about the radio. There's a song that's flying through the air right now. None of us can hear it. Mm -hmm. This radio, if you tune to a frequency mm -hmm. and it's not the right frequency, all you get is you get nothing. But it can be the closest frequency mm -hmm. to where the song is, mm -hmm. but the second it tunes to the frequency mm -hmm. is the second it receives an entire beautiful song without missing one note. The song was always there. Uh -huh. But if we don't tune to the frequency, uh -huh. we can't receive it. Now, how many of our dreams are flying through the air in the quantum field? Limitless. Because... They're already there. Mm -hmm. Maya Angelou said, it's already yours. 
Like it's already yours. The song was always there. It's just up to us to tune to the frequency. And the second we tune to the frequency is the second we're able to receive. Wow. So what do you do to tune to the frequency? You be it. You feel it. Mm -hmm. You see it here. Like you close your eyes, you go into the future, you write it here, you just believe it here. And then the more you just live in this like la la land of tuning, the second you tune is the second it shows up. I love that. That's the best analogy I've heard for this. Mm -hmm. I've never heard the radio one. Like you can hear a song. Mm -hmm. We both love music. We're both like passionate about music. When you tune in, you suddenly, you hear the music you want to hear. Mm -hmm. And I always say when somebody's not hearing the, the right notes, when somebody's not hearing life as they want it, they're not seeing life, it's because they are not looking with the right lenses. You have to put a new pair on. I had to put a new pair on. I was wearing the wrong lenses. I was seeing chaos around me. I was losing things. I was losing money. Everything was just dripping in the wrong way until mm -hmm. I swapped my life around and said, no, no, I'm going to do the impossible because every possibility exists. Mm -hmm. Everything you want in your life exists, and you are living proof of that. And you prove it for so many people. What's your ultimate superpower? I would say when it's probably all said and done, it would be my, my belief in people. See, I believe, like, a superpower, if we use a superpower for ourselves, that's usually what, like, supervillains do. Super, superheroes use their superpowers for other people. So, like, you got to be careful if you have a superpower. You can test it out on yourself. But, like, quickly make it for others. Um, so, I can see somebody's future. I guess my gift is I can see literally around the corner of where somebody's going. Uh, it's what made me a good music manager. Like, I could look at somebody who's struggling, who doesn't have any success, but I could today. Wow. I don't need time to know what the future is. Wow. I don't need it. I can see it today, and that's why I can pick talent. Or that's why when I see, you know, a little girl selling cookies on the side of the, the street who has a rare disease, and I ask her her dream, and she says, I want to be a baker, I know, I have this knowing of what's possible. Um, and I knew that she could be a successful baker. And two weeks later, she sold 130,000 cookies. That's amazing. So you have the ability to make people's dreams come true by seeing the mm -hmm. possibility for them, mm -hmm. which most people would turn a blind eye to or not even tune into that intuitive gift to be able to see. Okay, final question. Um, you kind of answered what I want to know. Um, okay, so give me your best analogy for dream. What does dream mean to you? A dream is more more like a, a life purpose, like not so much um, like there's a dream that's inside of us in our purest state. And that's probably what we were meant to do on this earth. And when you want to like make the world a better place, get somebody closer to their dream and watch how happy they get and how much they start giving to other people and dreams. I, I just have this massive fear like before before my dreams came true is that like I'll get to the end of my life and my dream won't come true mm -hmm. and I don't want that for anybody mm -hmm. like Freya for example who's our newest editor here at the Dream Machine Foundation and it's just like she wants to like save the world she wants to help the planet and she wants to do it through filmmaking and like 
what if at the age of 18 she got mm -hmm. stuck in some corporate job that mm -hmm. did not fulfill her mm -hmm. and then she meets a man and then she starts having kids and then she can't chase her dream mm -hmm. because now she has to make money mm -hmm. and then next thing you know she's 50 mm -hmm. and then she's looking at like all these young people have all this talent the world has changed so much mm -hmm. and then there's going to be a day where she's 80 and what if she's just like I didn't do the one thing in this one life that I was called to do inside not thought of but called to and so it means a lot to me to be able to set her on a path of like doing something that is her dream. And that's what I'm passionate about, whether it's somebody who works for me or a friend of mine. I just want people to experience the euphoria of being closer to their dreams. That's it. So beautiful. And as a child, did you ever go through something where you thought like maybe something happened to you? Usually it's when we're at school between the ages of zero to seven, when we're really young, something happens where you're rejected by your teacher, your teacher tells you're not good enough, or maybe your parents, you didn't get enough love from them in the way you wanted. Did anything ever happen to you in those younger formative years that shaped you today or that Absolutely. you've had to work on? Absolutely, it was the greatest thing that could happen to me is like the fact that I was always overweight, greatest thing that ever happened to me. The fact that I was antisocial and had a degree of like social awkwardness like those those things sculpted me so much because I would never even go to like a, a house party uh, I would be nervous to go to a club like even in the music industry like going to nightclubs like that's other environments that I couldn't control and I felt insecure in them so why is that such a gift well I was like I want to interact with people I want to be social so let me build my own world that people come into my world. And so I got really good at building businesses mm -hmm. at a young age. That was, the, that was the way I felt comfortable with interacting with people. And so my weakness gave me the you know, toolkit to be great where you know, if it was easy for me, maybe the high school quarterback in school, like a lot of them I know like, aren't successful today. It was so easy, they didn't have anything wrong. So it was like, made them a little bit weaker to where the people who do have something wrong, it gives you a lot of strength. So very grateful for those younger years of my social anxiety and my like being overweight because it made me who, exactly who I am today. It's perfect. So beautiful. Okay, my final question. Your final, final question. Yeah, my final question. <laughs> so. You're speaking to your younger self. You're talking to your younger self. Yep. What's your sentence you're gonna tell them? Don't listen to anybody from the future. <laughs> no, seriously. If somebody came, if 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 somebody came from the future and told me don't don't make the mistakes you made, the mistakes were the best part. Don't listen to nobody from the future. Make every mistake you're gonna make. Go through all the shit you're gonna go through. It's literally by design. Don't listen to nobody from the future. I love it. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you so much for coming today. I could talk to you for hours and we do, but today I just want to like give our audience a flavor of you. We'll do a part two. Part two coming soon. <laughs> We're on the same page. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you guys have enjoyed this, make sure you hit the like and the subscribe button. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. Right below here is a link where if you want to donate to the Dream Foundation, 
then make sure that you hit that link. Have you got an app? I do not have Coming an app. Coming soon. Okay, so there's a place where you can donate right here. Hit that link if you want to help somebody's dream come true today. Share this with a friend. Tag Charlie on social media. His handle is below. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Love you guys.